1: Welcome back to the Lots on Diamondbacks Podcast. You're part of the Lots on Podcast Network. Your team every day you're listening to who? Always wonderful. And might I add, handsome host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm the I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer. So please go check out my website, MillerThomas24.myportfolio.com. On um, there you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. We got a whole bunch of things I want to talk about today. I want to start off the show by talking about if it's Carson Kelly's make or break season with the Arizona Dimebacks. I want to talk about the new signing, Tyler Clippard. I want to get into a little discussion about him. And then I'm going to wrap up the pod with the finale between the conversation Between Aram, Layton, and I, the host of Locked On MLB Prospects, we're going to get into a little Zach Gallen talk, so stay tuned for all that, but first... If your company's interested in reaching men between the ages of 18 and 44, your company should be sponsoring this podcast. Locked on Diamondbacks is listened to by 90% men and 80% between the ages of 18 and 44. So if you want men in that age range, this is your spot. Plus, I'll rate to the most reasonable round. Email me at lockedondiamondbacks at gmail.com to find out more. Now, let's get into that conversation about Carson Kelly because He is a guy who he's still a a question mark, I want to say. There's still so many things surrounding Carson Kelly that I'm still not sure about. I'm still not entirely sure what kind of player Carson Kelly is, really, because if you just look at Carson Kelly's career, Outside of 2019, he hasn't really been that good of a baseball player. Just in general, his 2019, the first year he was with the D backs after that Paul Goldschmidt trade, he was pretty solid. He had that 245 batting average, a 348 OBP, OPS, 826. People loved his OPS plus of 111, 18 home runs, showed the pop get on base he showed a little bit of everything he really showed to be a weapon as an offensive catcher 111 games played but if you look at his other numbers outside 2019 they weren't too kind to Carson Kelly we know in 2020 he struggled big time he was a pretty big disappointment in 2020 because he was a guy who I thought was really going to take the next leap in 2020 and really at least prove to us that he is the catcher of the future really cement himself as the catcher of the future. Uh, Back when he was with the Cardinals, people thought maybe he was going to be the future Yadier Molina. And I really thought he could be the future Yadier Molina that first year with the Arizona Diamondbacks. But he hasn't really proven that out over the long course of his career, looking at his 2016, 2017, 2018 seasons with the Cardinals. He never batted above 174. Now, he never played a lot of games. The most games he played in a season when he was with the Cardinals was 34 back in 2017, but in the short sample sizes he did have, he wasn't that effective in the games he played. And then in 2020, he was a full-time catcher in the 39 games he played because it was only a 60-game season. So essentially, he still was the full-time catcher in 2020 and It wasn't that good in 2020. He just wasn't. His batting average, 220. He stopped getting on base, only 264. And the biggest disappointment disappointment maybe with Carson Kelly in 2020 was his slugging percentage only at 385. Only five dingers in 2020 when we thought he had some more pop to him than that. And I think the best thing you could take from Carson Kelly in 2020 was he did heat up just a little bit toward the end of the season. In July and August, he was just absolutely putrid. Batting average, uh, you know, about 200. OBP about 250. But September, October, his OBP still wasn't good. But the difference in September, October, his slugging was at 492. It was below 300 in both July and August. So at least to end the year, he started to bring that power back and start to show off more pop. But for Carson Kelly. He's talked about it. The biggest thing for him is consistency. He says consistency is the name of the game. That's what we have to see more from him in 2021 because he just hasn't been consistent enough. That's kind of been the knock on him throughout his career. And the other thing that's kind of weird about Carson Kelly, when you look at his splits, he's a right-handed batter who does better against right-handed pitching as opposed to left-handed pitching. I thought that was just pretty interesting when I saw that. He needs to get better not only because of the investment the D-backs have in Carson Kelly. Let's not get the D-backs traded their best player, their franchise cornerstone player in, in Paul Goldschmidt. And Luke Weaver might've been the headliner in that deal, but Carson Kelly was probably the one B in that deal because Luke Weaver, you know, both him and Carson Kelly both really showed out to begin the 2019 season, the whole 2019 season. And both of them really disappointed in 2020. So there's a lot of question marks surrounding both of them heading into the 2021 season but I think there's even more question marks surrounding Carson Kelly because at least as a starter like a Luke Weaver there's a bunch of question marks in that rotation as a whole and he's you know there's five spots available for him to 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 have a spot in that rotation there's five available spots so Luke Weaver always going to Probably have a spot in that rotation just because the nature of the starting pitcher, you at least have five slots they could be, you know, put into. But for Carson Kelly, there's only one catcher position, and they took out the DH. So he's only, if he doesn't play well, he's not going to be a starting catcher. At least Luke Weaver, if he doesn't pitch well, he's still probably the best option you have. So it's kind of harder to take him out of the rotation than to take Carson Kelly out of the starting lineup. But The differences between the two, as I was saying, Carson Kelly also has a dude behind him who could be the future. Can't really say that for Luke Weaver. The D-backs don't really have any up and coming, you know, prospects I want to say. We'll see what Corbin Martin does. He's fighting for a rotation spot. Alex Young and Taylor Clark are still pretty young, but I don't think those I, I don't think you have to worry about Luke Weaver and the dudes behind him. For Carson Kelly, you have to worry about that a little bit more because waiting in the wings if Carson Kelly struggles again in the 2020 season, or excuse me, in the 2021 season, there's a guy by the name of Dalton Varsho who is considered one of the best prospects in the D-backs farm system, a top three to five prospect in the D-backs farm system. And he's a guy like Carson Kelly, has some pop, 18 home runs in his last season in the minor leagues. And he also got a little bit of speed, 20 stolen bases as well, his last season in the minor league. So for Carson Kelly, not only is there you know only one catcher spot, as opposed to Luke Weaver, who has five spots in the rotation he can go take there's only one catcher spot and if Carson Kelly struggles in 2021 then you got a guy like Dalton Varsho. who yes he struggled in 2020 but he probably he, he might have more upside than a Carson Kelly maybe Carson Kelly's a better defensive player and that's still an area he's working on he's still working on framing pitches but Darth, Dalton Varsho is even more raw in that area but offensively Varsho might have the you know larger upside and if carson kelly doesn't isn't able to at least prove to us in this 2021 season that he should be given another look heading into next year if he doesn't at least improve on what he did in 2020 and get back to that 2019 form maybe he doesn't have to hit for a high average maybe he doesn't have to have a crazy obp but if he's a legit power catcher that that's always going to keep you around if you're at least average defensively and right now Dalton Varsho not may not be the greatest defensive player but He's got power. He's got speed. He had three home runs last year in 37 games, three stolen bases. So that's still kind of interesting. It's nothing eye-popping about it. But for Carson Kelly, this is going to be the year where we we are really going to evaluate him and really start to nitpick. You usually get a grace period as a young player. And for Carson Kelly, he got a grace period with the Cardinals because he was behind Yadier Melania. He wasn't Molina, I think I said that wrong, Yadier Molina, so he wasn't playing a lot, he wasn't getting a, a lot of opportunity in reps, so could kind of give him a grace period for that, but he came over to the D-backs, really showed out his first year, so he really didn't need a grace period that first year, but the pandemic season, kind of give him a little bit of a grace period just because such a weird year and everyone on that D-backs roster were just absolutely atrocious both offensively pitching just when at w- whatever category you want to name the D-backs were pretty bad at it so for 2021 his third season with the D-backs is like sixth season basically in the major leagues Carson Kelly needs to step up to the plate and if he starts to struggle I wouldn't be surprised if Dalton Varsho gets a few looks and if Varsho starts to capitalize on those looks, I wouldn't be surprised if the D-backs start to pick him as the catcher of the future. Now we'll get into a discussion about Tyler Clippard and Zach Gallen. but first I want to talk to you guys about rockauto.com because with the ever increasing number of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts your car will ever need in a traditional chain store front rockauto.com is a family business serving auto part customers online for 20 years go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers they have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps motor oil and even new carpet whether it's for your classic or daily driver get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door the rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications and prices you prefer best of all prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers why spend up to twice as much for the same parts go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked down in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts the car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use the mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Promo code LOCKEDON. Let's get back to the conversation. Let's discuss a little bit about Tyler Clipper before Aram Land and I wrap up the pod with that Zach Gallon discussion, because this was a pretty, pretty, I don't want to say notable, but it wasn't under, underrated under the radar signing because Tyler Clipper, just like Joaquin Soria is older. Tyler Clipper is 36 years old 36, 12 days ago. So He's in his upper 30s, but the thing about Tyler Clippard is he's still good and he's still effective. In 2020, he had a 2.77 ERA. In 2019, he had a 2.9 ERA, so he's been really good the last couple years, and he's been a guy with that closer experience. I'm not too sure if he's going to be a closer for the D-backs. I don't think he is. I think he's probably going to be more of a 7th, 8th inning kind of guy, more of a high leverage reliever for the D-backs, but this is a guy who's got the makeup of a closer. If need be, he could be a spot start kind of closer in case you know someone else goes down with injury or maybe the bullpen just needs a rest maybe whoever is the everyday closer needs a rest that day you could give uh, Tyler Clipper the opportunity to close out the game for you and is a two-time all-star he hasn't been a full-time closer really since like 2015 2014 but back in 2018 he was closing games for the Blue Jays had seven saves it wasn't a full-time closer but he had seven saves in a 68 innings pitch a 367 ERA Career ERA of 3.13. And still, the last, you know, 2020 season, there are, or, you know, his numbers in 2020 still was right in line with what he's done with his career average. His barrel percentage was the highest since it started being tracked back in 2015. It was 8.8% in 2020, which was the highest since it's been tracked by fan graphs. But all his other numbers, hard hit percentage, was still below his career average. His launch angle given up in 2020 was below. Below his career average the average exit velocity on uh, balls hit off his pitches was still below his career average so still guys still aren't hitting even though they got the barrel to the ball more they weren't hitting it harder and they weren't lifting the ball more often so still the numbers support that Tyler Clippard is still a good pitcher now the problem if you don't like this the, the problem with Tyler Clipper that you might not like is he's a fly ball kind of pitcher and Chase Field is kind of big, which is nice, but I'm not usually a fan of fly ball pitchers. I'm more of a fan of ground ball pitchers, and he's definitely a guy that leads more fly ball than ground ball first career. About 28% of the pitches he's thrown has ended up in a ground ball for his career. Meanwhile, 55.7% of the time he throws a pitch, it ends up as a fly ball. So he's definitely a fly ball guy compared to a ground ball guy. And that's not usually an issue, a big park like Chase Field. But still, I would rather my pitchers lean more ground ball than fly ball. But if you had to look at a positive for Carson Kelly his control has just been getting better and better the last four seasons his walk percentage starting 2017 has consistently gone down every year including in 2020 11.7% 2017 then 8.1 6.2 then 4.1% 2020 so his control is getting better he's allowing less walks putting less dudes on base and he's really become a really effective pitcher he's not a guy who's going to necessarily, you know, rack up 10 strikeouts or anything. I mean, he's not a starting pitcher, but he's not a super strikeout artist. He used to be back in the day. He's still pretty good at striking out dudes. 9 strikeouts per 9 innings the last couple of years. A K percentage in the 20s in the mid 20s usually, but back in the day who's really more of a strikeout artist even a couple years ago he was more of a strikeout artist 2018 11.1 strikeouts per nine he could still maybe ratchet it up in the 2021 season maybe his arm is fresh considering he didn't pitch a lot of games in 2020 he only had 26 innings pitch in 2020 which would be basically his lowest innings pitch if i look at it Really quickly off his baseball reference, I think it would be his lowest innings pitched in his career since tw- 2008. So just think about that it was the most rest basically he's had on his arm since 2008. So that I could play, I could bode really well for the D-backs heading into the 2021 season. A fresh Tyler Clippard, a fresh Joaquin Soria, if Kevin Ginkel can have a bounce back season. Still got Stefan cryan Still got Yoan Lopez. That's at least four or five dudes who are really good back-end relievers. And you're going to need a couple bounce-back seasons from Lopez and Kevin Ginkle. But you at least got a few good relievers where Kryan, Soria, and Tyler Clippard, who are established and who you know can give you big-time innings in the back-end of your bullpen. Now let's wrap up that conversation with Aram Layton and I, hosts of Lockdown MLB Prospects.
0: Last question, Aram. Are Marlins making the playoffs in 2021? Uh, I don't know about that one. If they kept Zach gallon, maybe, Mm -hmm. but uh, you know, I'm not giving up on jazz chisholm yet. I think he's interesting. He's a lot of fun. Uh, Got some swing and miss issues. I mean, if, if the Marlins had Zach gallon this year, I'd still probably be a hot take, but that rotation would be elite. We're talking about like Sixto Sanchez, Zach Allen, Sandy Alcantara, Pablo Lopez, Trevor Rogers. Like that would be unreal. Uh, But unfortunately, you guys have Zach Allen now and uh, enjoy him because he is nasty. And, um, you know, I, I think to answer your question, probably not. Obviously, the NL East is really, really, really good. But I think the Marlins will be better than people are are thinking. I know last year was a fluke to an extent, but it also was representative of, the, of a team that was terrible, that is now starting to get better. And the pieces are starting to come together. And I think this is a competitive team. I think they're going to be tough to beat because every every day they have a quality starting pitcher going out there and uh, the offense got a little bit better. They went and got Adam Duval, But man, Zach Gallen would be nice to have.
1: Yeah, just real quick before we go, why did the Marlins make that deal? Because did they just think Chisholm was going to be a superstar in the next level? Did they think they already had too many starters in their rotation? I mean, this guy, Zach Allen's come to the D-backs and been one of the very best pitchers in baseball. And that's not even hyperbolic to say the least. So why, why did the Marlins just trade
0: him away? I got nauseous when I saw that he got Cy Young votes. I mean, it's, it's what I look back at it. You know, he came over from the Cardinals in the uh, Marcelo Zuna trade and he was like the third piece in that trade. And I think when the Marlins looked at that, they they got him at the time, he was like an average, average arm. People were projecting him as like a back end rotation piece. Then he gets stung by a B in spring training and he starts throwing like 95, 96. And they were, it was just the timeline coincidence, but they started calling him like B man <laughs> um, because something clicks for with him physically. And he just started throwing gas. And then the rest of his stuff started working well off of it. He always had that really good command. So you have a guy with really good command that had to learn how to pitch because he didn't throw hard. Now he throws hard and can dot it up and has that really good slider, secondary pitch it really clicked for him. But I think what the Marlins saw was a guy that was overachieving um, and they wanted to sell high on him. But what they ended up doing was just selling on a guy that's already going to just be really good. And I think that's what they saw there. They, they saw, we have a lot of starting pitching, we don't have a lot of bats uh, and we can cash in some of the starting pitching, sell high on Gallon, get a really good shortstop prospect. But what they did do is he is good, but he's incredibly volatile. And they gave up a really good and proven starting pitcher that was already doing well at the major league level at the time. So a little bit of a head scratcher there. But, you know, if Jazz Chisholm ends up being a solid major league shortstop, then I don't think you look back on it. But I think Gallon could end up making them rue that one a little bit.
1: Yeah. And I'm looking at his little streak. Now he didn't give up more than three earned runs. So like his 25th start in the big leagues, That is just absolutely insane. Honestly, Uh, he's been a godsend. Honestly, he was, he was him and Merrill Kelly before he got hurt were the only bright spots for this D-backs team in 2020. So thank you. Thank you, Marlins for giving us Zach Allen, because I I wouldn't know, honestly, what we'd be doing without him, but Aram Layton, Thank you for coming on and schooling me on today's podcast about the prospects. Shout out your socials before you
0: go. So people know where to follow you for sure, man. I appreciate it and appreciate the opportunity. Uh, it's at RM weight and eight on Twitter and at LO underscore MLB prospects can check out the, uh, farm system rundown i just did on the d-backs i also have from a few months ago an interview with recent first round pick bryce jarvis uh who i'm quite high on as well and if you want to check that one out just check out locked on mlb prospects and you can listen to that as well yeah go check out locked on mlb prospects he just broke down he just did a two-part episode on
1: breaking down the d breaking down the d-backs prospects so go check that out aram thank you for hopping on today's pod thank you for having me That's it for this edition of the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast. And guys, next week, we're moving to five days a week. Spring training starts this weekend. So we're moving to five days a week with the baseball season upon us. So you're going to hear Locked On D-backs every day. And also, we're moving to three-segment podcasts, so they're going to be even longer. So more d news, coverage, and insight for you because it's your team every day here at the Locked On Podcast Network. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter, thomas 24 Look up Locked On Dimebacks on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. And remember, don't forget to check out Locked On Today. Today on the Locked On Today podcast is the relationship between Russell Wilson and and the Seahawks broken. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts. Thank to everyone who tuned into this week's podcast. Go back and tune into any you might have missed, and come back next week for five days a week, three segment podcasts. Deuces.